You're listening to the Dear Billionaire Podcast, an honest conversation about attracting and retaining world-class household staff. So whether you're a millionaire or a billionaire, new money or old, if you already have a house manager and estate manager, or you're thinking about hiring one, you'll better understand how to be a good employer to find and retain trusted world-class staff, why you should care more about the people working inside of your home, and how to turn over the reins of management of your most valuable assets. I'm Kelly Ford Dixon. I was an estate manager for some of the wealthiest families in the world and am currently a luxury home management consultant. I'll be sharing some wisdom from other service professionals that may help improve the enjoyment of your amazingly complex life. So hello and welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so excited you're here. Thanks for being curious about this really niche topic about living a better life. And I thought there wouldn't be any better topic than to talk about and start our conversation about this new interest uh, to say are you a good principal to your household staff? Now, realize that our platform is all about building a better life for you, retaining world-class staff, and attracting them in the first place. And so, a lot of people don't know how to do this. It's often the case that a housekeeper or a handyman or a friend sort of evolves into this role of house management. Um, And the principal, the homeowner, doesn't really know that, number one, this is a profession, and two, that there are professionals out there that have been doing this for years. So let's dive into that and chip away at what creates the most success patterns for you as a homeowner with full-time staff so that you can enjoy the life that you earned. So as we're getting started, I thought I would address some common terminology in private service, and I'm going to make some assumptions about who I'm speaking with here today. Uh, so that we're all on the same page. Um, This is your podcast if you have multiple homes. And you probably have full-time staff, and you've either hired or you're considering hiring a full-time house manager or an estate manager. Or maybe you're just intrigued with the lifestyles of rich and famous so that you can gain a better understanding about their lives and the management of those assets. So whether you're an esteemed billionaire or someone who aspires to be one, we're talking to you. So today, let's dive into the details of taking care of the people who take care of you and your family. Now, Let's address why this is so important. The results of looking at this and working on this are, first and foremost, better service to you. 
Uh, you'll be able to avoid high staff turnover and you're going to lower your personal risk because as someone with wealth and staffing needs and a growing real estate portfolio, you have probably felt the results of this changing lifestyle. So I'm guessing because I'm guessing that you're listening because um, the stre- stress of managing all of this has become greater than your pleasure for owning these. And that maybe mechanical issues inside of these homes have become costly, probably due to timely proactive maintenance or maybe an inadequate budget. Uh, It also will start, maybe not initially, but soon, uh, this will affect your property values. Your property values will start to decline if the mechanical systems within those homes aren't properly maintained. So this is how you know that it's time to look more closely at hiring professional management. So let's set you up for success here. And in order to be successful, you'll need to attract that uh, educated and experienced staff. Uh, So let's set up some goals uh, about this process. But before we do this, I want to clarify some terminology. Uh, I will use principle in the same way that uh, I'll use homeowners. So you'll you'll hear me go back and forth, but that, that means the same thing. And I might call it a home, a private home, a private residence, or an estate. And so I have multiple clients who, if I say estate, they think of financial estate planning. So that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about domestic real estate uh, and residential management. And an estate manager refers to someone who manages luxury homes and lifestyles. So not a financial portfolio manager, because that's also an estate manager. Uh, Although these are both correct, in this platform we're talking about domestic estate managers, not financial. And then private service professionals are all the people that work for you personally in private service at your home um, as an employee. In other words, they're not contractors or vendors. Um, Those people, those uh, contractors are referred to as service providers. So private service professionals versus service providers. And why does all of this matter? Well, this education and this sharing of information will actually help you lower your risk. Your risk of when you become a good principal, a good employer to your domestic staff, you'll actually reduce your risk of lawsuits, of being sued by disgruntled employees, Maybe it'll even uh, reduce your workers' comp claims. Um, You've got risk of security and privacy breaching. So if you have constant staff turnover, 
this is going to pique your vulnerability in this area and certainly theft um, inside of your home. And so all of these uh, episodes are going to be focused on lowering your risk in these areas. And to be honest, household staff is one of your riskiest endeavors. So it behooves you to learn how to do it well. Uh, And even if you can pay your way out of a lawsuit, there's other reasons to not look in the other direction. So let's stay on the risk factor and talk about how you lower risk, find the right employees, and retain them. Remember, (laughs) COVID highlighted the fact that people want to be happy, they want to be flexible, they want stability, and they want a good salary out of their work conditions. So the great resignation is alive and well in private service. And it's been a culture shift in the workplace that can't be ignored at any level. It doesn't matter how much money you have, you still want to attract and retain uh, really high quality and qualified home staff. So we want to help you find the right people and then retain them. So here's what you want to do to hang on to your whole household staff. You want to minimize high turnover and the cost associated with turnover. So that Number one is your time and your money, of course, related to either recruiters' fees or your time to advertise, review resumes, vet uh, candidates, interview them, do background investigations, do trial employment periods. Then you've got onboarding, training, and then on top of all of that, you have to build a trusted relationship with this individual or these individuals and it can take months to years to establish this trust is probably one of the number one reasons that uh, people get let go if if you don't build that relationship how vulnerable do you feel when you have someone in your home that's not trusted Uh, And again, number one reason that your risk factor goes through the roof is when you have new people inside of your home associating with your family. Uh, Number two, you want to minimize uh, workers' comp claims and EEOC claims. So in general, uh, with domestic staff, or specifically with domestic staff, you'll see this in the form of unpaid overtime or some sort of sexual harassment or other um, abusive relationships. So we'll, we'll dive into that in another episode. I'm just highlighting it here. And then above and beyond all of this, let's say you're improperly paying your household staff as salaried employees when they should be hourly and you should be paying overtime for them. Uh, You might be able to pay your way out of that situation without blinking an eye. However, go to Google or whatever your platform is and type in 
celebrities who are sued by their household staff. The bad press associated with mismanaging payroll specifically or abusive uh, relationships will probably not be able to throw enough money at that to get it to go away. And I'm not going to cite any specific uh, situations, but there's pages and pages online of uh, famous people or wealthy people who get sued. So let's stay out of that. Now, let's look at the other side of the coin. What makes staff leave you? The number one thing that happens in private service per Philippa Smith, who is the managing director for Silver Swan Recruitment. She does domestic staffing in the Middle East, in the UK, and in the US market. So she has a very broad perspective of domestic staff management. Her reason for her understanding of why staff leaves is burnout. Now, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into all of this today, which is do you, are you contributing to the burnout either knowingly or unknowingly? And so let's look at the primary culprits here. Number one reason for uh, burnout is vague job descriptions, job creep, scope creep, uh, also known as, and hybrid roles. Uh, Long hours, 24-7 service expectations, unrealistic service requests, and staff who doesn't feel valued. Uh, So, For instance, did you lay off your household staff during COVID? If you did, the result of that is your household staff now knows, even if you were able to hire them back, they now know that at the blink of an eye, they can't count on you for their financial security. So you've just tipped um, the balance of, let's look at this now. I'm not going to assume that you have all the wealth in the world, but if you had a trusted staff that you stopped paying, they probably had to go in a different direction, no matter how much they loved and cared for your family. But here's some more subtle reasons for burnout that you may not even be aware of, that you are the primary culprit of, and that is things like there's eight of them <laughs> buying alcohol or well are you requiring your staff to buy alcohol or prescription medication for someone in your household who is an addict so just I'm not going to dive into the details of this but just take a moment and feel how that might feel to someone who gets paid to do that who doesn't feel like they have an option um, of doing something that is detrimental to someone else's health. Have you number two, have you ever asked them to hide things or lie to your spouse or partner? Number three, do they have 100% control over their personal time off? Number four, 
Are you organized enough to turn over the reins to someone else so that they can feel successful? Number five, if you don't have a household management system where you can track tasks and projects, it's airy-fairy, loosey-goosey, and no one's going to really stay on top of things the way that these most of these houses need to be managed. Number six, is there a lot of confrontation between staff members or between you and your partner? Number seven, do you provide and pay for staff training? And number eight, do you recognize their efforts, their accomplishments, and their uh, feelings of going above and beyond? If, If those continually get unrecognized, they'll stop doing them eventually. So let's take a quick test. And I'm just calling this simply, are you a good employer? Uh, There's seven of these items. Do you communicate with them regularly? And I would suggest at least weekly, if not daily. Number two, do you express appreciation? And if so, how often? You don't have to do it daily, but when they do something outstanding, it behooves you to recognize this. Number three, do you compensate them fairly? And fairly, I mean hourly. And not only hourly, but that you're paying them for their overtime and you're tracking it per state and federal regulations. Number that honestly, that right there will get you out of hot water every time. You've got to keep time tracking and you've got to pay overtime. If you're going to ask for it, it should cost you. Number four, do they feel secure in their job? Number five, I call this guess expectations. So, do they have to? guess at what pleases you. Number six, do you give clear directives with deadlines? Because everything can't be ASAP. You give them a high, medium, low, do it now, do it by the end of the week, by the end of the month, or something to help them out. And oftentimes they're just going to look at you, smile, and say yes. But It behooves you to give them clearer directives. And number seven, do you require 24-7 service from only one person on your team? If you do, they're going to burn out. So uh, it's just a matter of time. And that depends on frequency. It depends on um, if they don't know when they're on or expected to answer the phone in the middle of the night then they are should be paid for 24 hours of work. And again, I'm not going to get into it with this particular podcast, but I will in future podcasts about how it is to how that feels to live in that lifestyle and not have control over the most basic of needs, which is your sleep.
uh, a really well rested sleep. So if you're missing any of these key aspects with your staff, um, here's some suggestions on how to remedy these. Uh, 100% get a time tracking app. If someone goes to the EEOC and files a claim against you for whatever, unpaid overtime, um, difficult work situation, sexual harassment, or a workers' comp claim, they're going to want to see, number one request is they're going to want to see a time uh, schedule for them uh, or timekeeping. And not only do they want to see it from the employee that's filing the claim, they'll want to see it from everybody on your staff. Give staff reviews, employment reviews regularly. And a great suggestion would be quarterly, but certainly twice a year and at the very least once a year. But a year is a really long time to go without really good feedback. And then during these reviews, ask them what they need from you to be more successful in pleasing you. This is a win-win situation. So ask them that and then listen and then take, take action. Again, I'm going to repeat this. Pay them hourly. It solves so many issues. It holds you accountable uh, for over asking. Uh, it makes them feel compensated for the uh, extra time and it just will keep you out of hot water. Make sure you're also firing, <clears throat> following state and federal employment guidelines for rest and lunch breaks. Also provide them a, a break room where they can have private conversations maybe with their family uh, or they can make dental appointments or whatever, but give them some space so that they can t conduct private conversations and, and rest uh, where they're not being on call during their breaks. Get a household management system. I know that because I sell them, um, this is going to sound self-serving, but I can tell you after having worked in private service, that it's like running a company without an operating system, without a communication system, without shared uh, uh, documentation. And it will solve so many problems for you, especially if you have staff turnover. The training goes faster. The onboarding goes faster. Uh, all the household, you will, you will save your, your new staff months of discovery about what the house needs, what your personal likes and dislikes are, if you can capture all of this in a system. You want them to be able to work autonomously. And so I would suggest a 12-month maintenance schedule for absolutely everything that you want or need in your personal life and on each of the properties that you own. And then make sure you have adequate budgets to manage your expectations, your requests, your purchases, and proactive maintenance for all of your properties. Let your estate manager, your house manager, come up with those budgets for you and then discuss specific purchases so that you're in control and you're going to know what the budgets look like, but it gives them autonomous purchasing rights 
to charge things on your credit card, to make purchases without asking for every single dime to be approved. It's going to save you time and money. It's going to help them feel successful in doing a really fine job for you. Number nine, refine your job descriptions and take out any vague language. Again, we're going to dive into this in another episode, but job descriptions where you don't say and any other requests that we come up with, like that's, um, that's too vague. So Again, we'll dive into this more later, but really look, eagle-eye those every single word in your job uh, descriptions. And the last one, really look closely at hybrid roles. I know that new wealth and new employers who are taking on household management err on this side every time. They wanted a chef who also cleans house, who will run errands, pick the kids up from school, uh, get the laundry done, make beds. These aren't professional parents that you're hiring. These are professional house managers. And in order to do that, uh, there are different skill sets that are required for being a chef and being a good chef that actually produces healthy meals for everyone. There's a different mindset for someone who can manage all of your subcontractors, review the contracts, keep on top of the financial uh, aspects of each of your projects. And you can't muddle all those together and, and get any successful results on a broad spectrum. So keep it focused subcontract out the extra um, smaller roles. Maybe you only need a chef a couple of days a week. Hire in a service for that. Uh, hire a housekeeper, you know, to do the day-to-day stuff. Um, or uh, an owner's rep if you've got a project or construction project going on. So remember uh, in closing here that Dear Billionaire is created to provide win-win relationships between you and your household staff. We'll just continue to dive into these deeper issues of how to be successful doing that, how to enjoy your luxury life and your complex needs uh, on a higher level. I look forward to sharing more information with you on a weekly basis, and please reach out if you have questions, comments, or any additional topics you'd like for me to address. Thank you for being curious and open to improving these crucial relationships. Stay tuned for the next episode next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Dear Billionaire podcast. Please check our show notes, find us on social media, and sign up for emails to receive promotions and notifications from Estate Management Systems about our house management systems and services. We also have a YouTube channel with past contents that may be of interest to you. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast and to our YouTube channel to receive notices of our weekly topics. And lastly, I want to thank Leone Lawrence Van Sandwich. She is my editor, virtual assistant, and all-around smart woman that keeps things on track around here. And to the brilliant Paige Ray Creative for all of my brand development for all of my products and services. Thank you for listening.